0: For real. Oh really? That's how you feel. And the guys be like asking all
1: questions. Asking all questions. While you asking all them questions. How was your day? Glad you're with us, Ryan. I'm tell you, uh, another episode of the Misinterpreted Podcast. Uh some interesting stuff to get to. Got a lot of playoffs going on and then kind of looking forward towards Know, our, our next big playoffs that, that we like to watch, uh, which would be college football. So we'll get to that, uh, and pretty much everything in between. Ryan, I know um, we've been um, talking about the pitch clock a lot in baseball, and I was just at a softball game at UW, and they absolutely need one. Oh, it yeah. was it, five innings, two and a half hours. Well, it was they, so the game ended. They played six and a half innings because they were the home team won. They played six and a half innings. The game went three hours and seven minutes.
0: Oh boy, for a seven inning game, six and a half inning game, six and a half goodness. inning game, six six, and, half inning and, game half. and you're over three hours. Get that. that down. It has to be two and a half hours max. That's yeah, exactly. It's like it's, it's like wrong. in high school. I, in high school, I think we had a two hour um, like game. Yes, we did because we rent the field out for yes, what two hours at a time.
1: Yes. It, like, it's just wrong. Like, how can you implement it in college baseball and then you have the same issue in college softball and you, you're you doing
0: nothing about it? That's Title Nine, if you ask me. It's Title Nine. It sure is. Another, it's disparity. Another sport that has really long games potentially, especially in the playoffs that we talked about, is hockey. Yeah. Hockey, what was it, uh, three overtime games in a row that they just had the other day? I I wouldn't be surprised. Like a lot of these it, games it have is gone true. to overtime, but it's hockey is one of those games where I think a long game is really beneficial because, like we talked about this yesterday, where a lot of de- these teams have history with each other and just have more game time, more frustrating plays, more times to get hit on each other, especially in a two OT three OT game. I love how they're just able to get after it against each other and really start to like really hate each other while they're on the ice over the course of seven games.
1: I get what you're saying. Um, I do like the fact that the games go to overtime. I don't think it helps that they are longer necessarily. Like, There's already, what is it, 17 minutes in the intermission? Yeah, yeah. The intermissions should be. The intermissions are long. Not, oh, not... For the safety of the yeah. players, they're fine. They, for the they safety of the players, are They should be shorter,
0: fine. but in a perfect world, they would be shorter.
1: What I do not like is I think you should keep shootouts in the playoffs oh disagree
0: disagree because you
1: that is so much time on on the ice the,
0: the thing is with the shootout is it's pretty much a coin flip and what it used to be in the past was that uh, a shootout would basically just mean one point apiece in the regular season and then there at some point the nhl said we want to make sure that a team wins or loses like we don't want the soccer style of it we don't want ties well, well the, the world cup is decided by penalty kicks Yeah, well, it's different because a penalty kick in in, in soccer is a little bit more skill based on shooting uh, a ball into a net. In hockey, it's a player's ability to shoot a puck one-on-one against a goalkeeper with 10-15 seconds of time to play with the puck, and that never happens in a hockey game. You get one-on-one opportunities like that in a soccer game, especially on a 3 No, you don't. With yeah, well, sure the ball do. just standing there and no defenders? Well, you still get a one-on-one opportunity, and the, the goal is big enough to where... Not when you just run up to it. There's no difference between the two. You, you get, I mean, you got to shorten the period. You get a of whole bunch of open. The, the, the I, I think you is, should, is, in,
1: in a penalty shootout in, in hockey, I think you should. Just I think like they should I shorten think they, it. You I, should give them a time clock.
0: I think they should put a defender on the blue line, oh, and then have oh. them come in and defend it. So that they, puts they, the pe- they did
1: that. They did that um,
0: with, with penalties uh, or
1: uh, fouls in the, the ML- G League. Oh really? Yeah, like overtime elite.
0: They started doing that
1: where, like, um, it was basically like a penalty box where a guy for one play would be on the sideline and then the fourth guy would start on the baseline and uh, the the offense would start at the free throw line and then they would start a five-on-three break with one defender coming late. So it would be five-on-four but delayed, so you would get, like, a most likely... An open look. And then as soon as the a little one, over a little four-man weave over there. Yeah.
0: You learn it all throughout your basketball I think career. that's a great idea. I actually, I, I didn't know where I was going to go with it. And I was just trying to find, like, a really good argument. But Sometimes I, think, I start a sentence and I have no idea where it's going I, I sure up. do. I sure do. But I think I found a jackpot with that one. And that would fix shootouts in the regular season. I think that would fix, well, if you have a, a real penalty shot during a game, I think you should just let them have all the time they want in the world. But if you do want penalties in overtime... I think that's the way to do it in the playoff situation. That being said, nothing better than like a four-five OT game when you're in the West Coast, I should say. Nothing better than that, and seeing like a goalie have 80 saves, yeah. having yeah. 60 minutes of ice time for you know for a defender on a team. Awesome stuff. And then they come out two games later and do the same thing. There, there is there is a thing to be said about the NHL playoffs though, because after two games, as we are recording this right now. I believe the series is either one-one or two-one. So every team has won a game. Really? After two games, after two games, every every series was one-one. So every single series, every single series series was one-one. That's incredible. And yeah, home ice means nothing. Apparently, yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. You know, the Leafs come out, they win. You know, two straight, one on on the road against a goalkeeper that never loses two in a row. And that's just the type of excitement that we love to see in the mm-hmm. hockey games.
1: Hey, Bisky! Bisky! Hi, buddy! Come on! Come on up here! He's just—he's uh, becoming an integral part of the Misinterpreted Podcast here. Hey, bud! He just loves to be on the camera. I don't even know if he's on it, but sure, dude. Good for you. Bowie man. coming down too. I mean, I it's just—it's just, guess, it's just everyone. It really it's just—it's the entire family. Well, here. they didn't—they didn't see you when you came in initially, so right. I mean they they're just to, making their greetings. They had to inspect, of course. Okay, so with with the NHL pod, playoffs, um, what is your whole take on like the that 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in hockey? Like why why is that? Is there is there something that like the team that's up just starts slacking or the team that's down starts pushing more or I I don't like I you've watched hockey longer than I have and I don't really know like what goes into that that statement.
0: Yeah, I, th- I just think like any multi-goal lead in hockey is pretty dangerous because if you're the team that's leading, you start to get a little complacent about it. You don't need to go for those 50 p- 50 pucks. If you dump it into the offensive zone, you're less inclined as an offensive player to really get on the boards and get physical and win that puck in your in the offensive zone. Same thing on the defensive side. But the thing with you no know, hockey you know, compared to a game like soccer, is that two goals can happen in a blink of an eye. The Wilds scored two goals in 13 seconds in game two. That's true. And that propelled, well, that almost propelled their win. And then the Stars came back and scored two in just about a couple minutes as well in that same period. And I think it's, uh, you know, when you're a leading team and you're not a disciplined team and you're not well coached, that lead can crumble quicker than any other sport. So, Kraken. Like and like, like 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 let's, let's say the, the example like a two goal lead in basketball would be like say like fifteen points ten points I was gonna say ten yeah ten points I mean like you know the other team starts making a couple threes then as a defensive player you start yeah you know you I, you, you can need go to, on a ten zero run in a minute exactly so. and yeah, we need to you know but but you have time to figure out like hey they're coming back into this we gotta you know pick up the pace right. a little bit once right. you you know they hit a couple threes you're up four now you're maybe up two yeah in hockey like I said you know you you scored a first goal. You're already, you know, on the back foot. Your hands are on your knees, and then they scored a second. And I don't think it's a two lead. I think a three. I think a three goal lead is also potentially very dangerous as well.
1: Unless you're the Maple Leafs and you get out six one.
0: Oh yeah. Then you're probably okay. Yeah. You're, you're okay. okay. Well, well, I will say. Uh, Kind of One of my first few years of watching hockey as a Leafs fan, we were up 5-1 against the Ottawa Senators and then lost that game in overtime. We were up like 5-1 going into the third period. So as a Leafs fan, no lead is safe. <laughs> you know, uh, we have learned our lesson and I'm ready to be hurt once again after being up 2-1 after three games. Understandable.
1: Uh, my second question is, I don't even know how many questions I've asked, but my next question is, have you watched any of the NBA playoffs?
0: Uh, I sure have not.
1: I have not either. So let's skip right past it because I don't like. It. I will say, well, we'll say, light the beam. <laughs> light the damn beam. beam. Light the beam. I'm, I am rooting for Matthew Fowler every second of every day.
0: Uh, did he made so much money off of those bets that he not?
1: Yeah, he made it a little bit. Yeah, a little bit of coin. Can you check their score right now because they should be playing? Sure. Um,
0: should have it on the TV if we were on our. game. The
1: first, the first o two deficit in a playoff series that the Warriors have seen. In the Steph Curry era, oh yeah, which is and remarkable. They're, they're
0: like zero and nine, down 0-2 in a series. Yes, they have like, not won. Like they have not won a yeah. series. Or Steph Curry has not, I should say.
1: When when trailing by two games.
0: Okay, so Philadelphia sweeps the Nets. Yeah, naturally. Obviously. Um, the Knicks won, so Knicks are up three one with the chance to win their first playoff series, and God knows how long. Hey now, I, I, I do, Bing bang. I do want the Knicks to succeed.
1: I do too. Uh, I, I was, like having them be yeah. good, but uh, I don't like I don't like every New York team being good. Like I, I, I mean, obviously, you know, I don't like the Yankees, but I think the Knicks and like the Rangers are two of the like teams that need to be good in baseball because. Well, I guess you could throw the Yankees in there because they're easy villains. And, like, people just rally
0: around it. I think just the thing... No one likes rooting against Milwaukee Bucks. Right, exactly. But but I would say, like, the thing that is a little disappointing is that there's a city dynamic between Boston and New York just outside of sports because they're the two biggest hubs over there in, you know, the east in, in the East Coast, that, you know, that northeast section of the United States. And Boston have such a good culture of just winning championships Mm -hmm. in all sports they have a sign when you go into boston which is it's like days since the last championship yeah and my boss went there and like the celtics won or whatever and it said like 84 days since the last championship and i think for that city dynamic and just because new york is you know culturally such a big place and does get (laughs) some of the best fans in the United States, that it, it is a shame that Boston is perennially contenders in every sport, and New York has has faded over the past few years with the Rangers, with the Knicks, uh, even, like, the Mets and the Nets, if you want to include them in that conversation. It's really only Yankees that are competitive outside of, like, MLS. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. And to answer your question, Golden State did win by one point. No! As uh, Harrison Barnes missed a potential game winner so 126 125 uh what staying in golden state for a game five i don't know how nba does it. i know for hockey it's 2-2-1-1-1 i think it's the same thing Mm. i mean there's really no home games here because they're what an hour apart so (laughs) no but
1: still i mean you pack it out like home court home court is totally different than home ice right or at least it's proven to be so far this this NBA playoffs, right, right, right. But um, we wanted to touch on some college football coming up. We've seen a bunch of uh, college uh, spring previews, spring games. Did you see the uh, Coach Prime effect at Colorado? Oh yeah, no. They oh that. my god, they, they had Chris Fowler out. on on play by play for their spring That's game. Crazy. That's they were one in eleven this yeah. year. Oh yeah. I'm I'm baffled that the Buffs have have turned it around. We'll have that to see quickly. how they
0: play on the court or on the field, I should say. But so far, po- Coach Prime is turning them into a legit like Power Five program.
1: Well, it's finally a place where people want to go play.
0: Exactly, and, and, and they ca- had
1: no draw other uh, other it's than a that. Good like school. no one wanted to play in the conference. Too, yeah, no one wanted to play in the conference. Great academic school. Like people are starting to recognize that now. But pretty much in the middle of nowhere, like. You don't have another school in your entire state that is at the FBS level, All right? Is Colorado State? I think they're FCS. They're, I believe they're FCS. Or no, they're Mountain West. They are FBS. Okay, they are. But I mean, you get one other team in your state or Air Force, but two other teams in your state that have FBS Probably football. But n- but neither of them are competitive, and Colorado has never been competitive. So why would you go play football there? You know, right. you're at Elevation, not fun to play there. Why go play at Wyoming? You know, I feel
0: like it's kind of the
1: same thing. Yeah, but, but, yep. but now, I mean, people I mean, yeah. are, you're not even in Denver. Like yeah. Denver's pretty
0: much the only place where people want to go in that I mean, state. If anyway. you want to go to like a hub, like an L.A. Or, totally. Or, you know, like down south in Texas. Well, especially Florida. if you're a
1: big-time recruit. You're like, exactly. what kind of market is there in Boulder,
0: Colorado? That's why Miami always gets good recruits, regardless of how good they are. Just because you're at Miami. Yeah. Like, come on now. Yeah. but The stadium, all the perks with it, their yeah. weight room. I'm
1: really interested to to see how that season goes. U-Dub plays at Colorado this coming season, and I might have a chance to go and and work sure. on the broadcast. Sure, sure, sure. So I am definitely going to do everything in my power to try to go to that game. Of course, that'd be of so course. sick. Of course.
0: Well, one guy I did see was Archie Manning mm-hmm. play uh, play play in his spring game for oh, Texas. Yeah? yeah, yeah. Underwhelming so far. I mean, he is an 18 year old. Yeah. So, but so, so far, it's looking like Quinn Ewers will have that job. Okay, that's what I was going to ask you. Yep. But according to ESPN Analytics, and this is, I'm just looking at their Instagram right now, they do have Texas being the number, uh, presumably the number two seed in the college football playoff. They have the most likely college football field and is Ohio State, Texas, Alabama, and Georgia, all of which have QB question marks. Going Interesting. In because you got Ohio State, like obviously Ohio State, Alabama, and Georgia. They just have brand new QBs. Right. Right, And Quinn Ewers is coming off of a nagging thumb injury, hand injury. And he
1: and they lose frank- B. John Robinson.
0: Yep. They frankly just did not look that good, you know, throughout yeah. the stretch of that season. Yeah. Um, yeah, surprised there isn't a team like Michigan. Surprised mm-hmm. who is returning. Their quarterback much- and two running backs. Quarterback, two running backs. And a good amount of their defense. Yep. Yep, they had, like um, their cornerback forgot his name. He was a yep. redshirt freshman last year, absolutely lit it up. Yep, one of the best in the country. He's coming back, obviously. Um, you know, I'm surprised there's not a team like USC who's bringing back a Heisman winner. Totally. totally, we're knocking on the door of that college football playoff as well. And you know, we look back and they probably shouldn't be losing to Utah twice in a year. Mm-hmm. So I think Tennessee makes a little run as well. Yeah, just I don't question, think Hendon Hooker is really right.
1: going to hold them back. Like his his loss. I don't exactly. think that's going to be a huge loss for them. Yeah, like, yep, they've yep. got the, the new freshman coming in who's a stud, but I don't even think he's going to win that job. I think the guy who took over for Hooker
0: Joe Milton, when he went yeah. down. Joe Milton. He's, Joe a, Milton he's a stud. Joe, Joe Milton's solid. And he's he, he, a brick he, he has one of the best, like strongest arms in college football. So it's just about creating schemes for him. And uh, Josh Heupel did it in one year where you know he brings in Hendon Hooker from Virginia Tech, and he makes him a stud. He makes uh, their wide receiver, who I just am forgetting his name, an absolute stud at tennessee yeah who's their number one he's number 11 he scored five touchdowns I, no Alabama. i know exactly what yep. you're
1: talking about and i can't place it right now yep.
0: but yes that guy that guy yep yeah so, so he he is clearly a very good offensive minded coach and i think the loss of hendon hooker the loss of their top wide receiver doesn't make that much of a difference when you do in, bring in joe milton with a fantastic arm like he already has so many great assets to to build around on For programs, I think Tennessee, like you said, makes a great run. I like Georgia in there. I think Georgia stays in there just because you know Kirby Smart has shown that he can create great teams. But this is a good question as to you know we know he's a great coach. We know he can create a great team, but the team from the last two years is out now. Like a lot of a lot of the team that won the championship this year were core for last year's team. Even though they had 15 players in the draft last year, a lot of people will say, like, hey, Nolan Smith, uh, guys like J- Jalen Carter, even though Nolan Smith didn't play this year, were, were the key factors in that championship game two years ago and then obviously in this year as well. And so and that, now is the question as to he can create a great team, can he create a great program? Mm-hmm. Can he get onto that Nick Saban level? And if he can... You know, win another national championship within the next two three years. I think I'd be willing to put him into that conversation.
1: Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm going to come back to you. I'm going to give you a little time to ponder this. Give me your top four that that you think make the playoffs. For me, I go Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, and Washington. I think Washington legitimately makes a run through the Pac-12, like. With everything they're returning, they're returning every single wide receiver. They're bringing in another number 1 wide receiver, Jeremy Bernard, who's transferring from Michigan State. Michael Penix is back. All their tight ends are back. All but two of their offensive linemen are back, and the guys filling those spots played 50% of snaps last year. Their defense is all returning, except for Jeremiah Martin on the edge. So all their edge and defensive linemen guys are back. All their linebackers are back, except for one, their secondary is incredibly different, like so, so, so much better. Uh, uh, Alex Cook is gone. He was in the safety spot. Other safety, Asa Turner is probably not going to play all that much just because, quite frankly, he has injury issues and, and he's not good enough at the moment. But Cam Fabiculan and Dominique uh, Hampton, and then they've got two transfer uh, corners that are just absolutely lights out. Thaddeus Dixon is a Juco kid. He's going to light it up, and then they've got another kid coming from Mississippi State who's just or Oklahoma State, pardon me. Uh, unreal. They
0: got a Mississippi State transfer uh, running back. As running well. back. Yeah,
1: he hasn't yeah. been able to practice yet this spring, but he's he. Is, he <laughs> that dude has tree trunks oh, yeah. for legs. I bet like so. he I is bet so. sturdy. So, I mean, obviously, I know. More about UW football than any other program, and obviously I'm going to be high on them. But legitimately, seeing what they were able to put together, and then their deficit was their defense. And having seen their spring game, their defense was up 26 to nothing at sure. one time.
0: Sure, off of like pick sixes.
1: Not or? pick, I don't know how like the scoring was weird, but like a stop was. I don't know. A stop was a score of some point, not a full touchdowns right, worth. Right, right. But they were up twenty six nothing against last year's number one passing de- offense. Sure. So if the if their defense the can play was,
0: faster, the offense was the one with like Penix. Yes, McMillan yeah. It was their
1: first team offense,
0: and their defense was and their
1: defense was Sheesh. just flat out stopping them. So if UW, UW can play faster on defense, they've brought in some transfers with a little more experience. If like, if their offense can maintain what they did last year and their defense is proving to be a little better and can hang with these high-powered offenses like UCLA and USC and probably what will be Colorado this season, UW's got a big-time chance.
0: Yeah, so to answer your question, I, I love everything about that, that you said about UW. I'm going to put in my top four. And I don't have U-Dub in there, unfortunately. That's okay. I think U-Dub is just outside of that top four. Are
1: you going with Tulane? Oh, yeah. For is that for sure, what it is? For sure. The for green sure. wave. Yeah. You bet.
0: Yeah, a little bit. Tulane, USC, USF, excuse me.
1: <laughs> oh, USF, Tulane.
0: Or UC, UCF. I, I think say.
1: you go yeah. back to Cincinnati. I think they made a, make a run and yep, come yep. back. Yep. And then I'd probably wow, go course. Colorado State. Sure, yeah. sure. Or Air Force. Or Air Force. Any other school <laughs> yeah, in Colorado. <laughs>
0: No, no, in all seriousness, we got to put obviously Ohio State's got to be in there because, yes, they are losing CJ Stroud, but they're just recruiting monsters over there yeah. with Ryan Day. Like, we talk about his struggles playing against Michigan, but outside of those Michigan games, just absolutely lining it up on the recruiting battle. And you're going to win most recruits when you have the money and the resources that yeah. they have. And despite not having CJ Stroud, not having Paris Johnson, some of their. You know, first time Smith pitch. and Jigba, Smith and Jigba, is Marvin one. Harrison well, well, Jr. Play, yeah. Marvin Harrison Jr. coming back might be the best player in college football. Yeah, he uh, may just well from be from a skill perspective yes. for sure. They're bringing back Igbuka as well. The defensive line with J T Maloa. Just naming all the guys from Washington State pretty much. Obviously, that's all you need. And I have no doubt that their backup QB will be just as good as C.J. Stroud moving forward, especially with the weapons that he has. I will have to have Michigan in there as well. Michigan, like we said, bringing back everybody. And this time, the game is at the big house. And so, you know, they win last year away at Ohio, at Ohio State. This time, you would... Put your place your bets even more that they're going to win there. I wouldn't be surprised if they go undefeated in the regular season. Yeah, I mean Penn State is losing some guys too. So Big Ten Joey, has not been great either. Yeah, Joey Porter Jr. and yeah, exactly. So it's the top dogs, and that's what I'm afraid about some of the Pac-12 schools like UW is. I think that there could be a little bit of cannibalism going on in the mm. division. I think teams can really easily rack up one or two losses despite having you know quality wins here and there when for example UW might have to I don't know their schedule you know better than I do but you know you have Colorado in the division you have Oregon in that division you have UCLA which can cause problems you have USC obviously who's going to cause problems as well and Utah
1: who's still going to be Utah despite losing Cam Rising yeah
0: Cam Rising losing Dalton Kincaid but they're going to be a great program as well, and so you got potentially four, five, six teams. Oregon
1: State with DJU.
0: No, yeah. Hey, I, I hey, think, they've been good. Be they've they, been they, giving. They, they, they gave teams trouble. They, they will give some teams trouble though. They'll be overlooked in the Pac-12 for sure. So you got like four or five teams that can make the college football player playoffs. You have seven or eight teams that can you Just know, beat, beat you on can any given beat day. Any given yeah. day can you know beat you. So I think it's going to be really tough for any of these teams to pull out, you know, a one-loss season, a zero-loss season. If I were to choose one, I would, you know, probably place my bets on USC mm-hmm. just because they're bringing back a Heisman winner. And, you know, we talk about Lincoln Riley and, you know, my how I feel about him, but he knows how to at least make the college football playoffs. He's been there time and time again and hasn't been able to have success with it, but has at least been there. So USC is going to be my third going in there and my fourth will just have to be Georgia just because it's hard to doubt Kirby yeah. Smart. And I really want UW to be there and I think in a different conference if you put them in like the Big 12, mm-hmm. I would almost put them as a lock to make that but just because they're in the Pac-12 which I would argue right now might be the most competitive division top to bottom. I think out that's of the, out of the Power 5 schools. I think it's right. There's going to be some Pac-12 teams that might deserve to be in the college football playoffs that don't because of just how hard their schedule is going to be.
1: I think yeah, like if we if we go into that conversation, like deepest power five, I think you're right with Pac-12. Like you look at SEC, there are two that stand out that are going to be big time down this year, right. which is South or not South Carolina. Pardon me. Uh, uh, I'm thinking of Vanderbilt and Kentucky. Kentucky loses a couple of of defensive, big defensive names, as well as Will Levis, who pretty much just carried that program flat out. Uh, And and Vanderbilt's, are they ever going to be good again? Yeah. Never know. They're a baseball school at this point. They're a basketball school now.
0: Oh, they they sure Sure are. Jerry Stackhouse. They sure are. Gotta love it. They sure are.
1: Um, With one of the weirdest arenas in college basketball, but that's beside the point. Um, I don't really think you have teams like that in the Pac-12, like... Cal is a bottom feeder.
0: Cal, Cal will lose most of the games. Cal
1: is a bottom feeder, but now that Colorado has Coach Prime and all these recruits, they're back to the top. Arizona can go out and beat you. They always get pretty good recruits, like those flashy quarterbacks
0: that can go out and scramble. Yeah. Who was that one Arizona QB that was supposed to win the Heisman Oh, dude. Again. He was on the cover of Sports Illustrated, and I'm just forgetting his name. But my God, did he get so much hype for three weeks until yeah. people realized that he was garbage? Yeah, I, I, I recall who you're talking yeah. about, but once
1: again, I can't place it. Yeah. But, but great recruits nonetheless. Great recruits. Uh, Stanford is another team that will just grind you out and could beat you on any given day. Um, and I mean, and then we, we've mentioned pretty much every other team that that can flat out beat you. So, uh, I think you actually make a really good point yeah. there. Like,
0: in the, like know. in the SEC, for instance, like you got a team like Georgia who. In their entire season, probably only have like Tennessee as like a big question. Yeah, they mark. just roll like, that. That SEC East is so non-competitive, and I I think Florida's
1: like, not the Florida they used to yep. be. Miami's not the Miami they used to be, even though that I mean it's ACC. Yeah. ACC's uh, trash.
0: Yeah, yeah. don't but, even talk about talk yeah. about that. Yeah, and that West, like you talk about Texas A and M. I think they're down. I think Alabama's going to be down. What do you Arc- think about LSU? I I have no idea how to feel about them. That that's true. That's true. I L- absolutely. LSU, no idea. LSU had such a roller coaster of a year last year that it's really hard to tell. They're bringing back Jaden Daniels. Yeah, but it's it. But it's just really hard to tell, honestly. But one thing that I will say <laughs> is that home field advantage does help them absolutely quite a bit. Death Valley quite a bit. What about FSU? A lot of people have F- FSU in their Final Four. They're bringing back um, their QB who had a fantastic end to the regular season last year, and they got. I believe within the top 10 at the end of the season rankings, Clemson is down. We talk, you know, USC, you know, they had a good surge last year, but we'll have to see if they're coming back. You see FSU in that conversation at all? No.
1: I can never, I, I just can never get behind the Seminoles. Sorry. Like there's just something about them that I just, I kind of can't root for them.
0: That's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I do I, I, I
1: do love the atmosphere in that stadium for sure. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. I would agree. But I, I don't I mean, know. They, I, I
0: yeah. never see them as like a threat.
1: Right. It's right. weird. But
0: I, I guess we talked about some of the conferences in the Pac-12 being uber competitive this year. And this is a question I've wanted to ask you for a few episodes now. But with UCLA and USC going to the Big Ten next year, with some of the shakeups going on with the Big Twelve, with Oklahoma and Texas leaving, like what's going to happen with teams like Washington and Oregon? In a perfect world, what would you like to see, like Washington, do, for instance? Because it, it certainly can't be stay in the pack Twelve as it is right now. Right, I would,
1: I would stay in the pack. You can drop the twelve. Obviously, I mean numbers don't matter. The Big Ten is right. not ten. The Big Twelve is <laughs> not twelve. Whatever. But I kind of like the sound of pack. Anyway, I think you just make Washington and Oregon the the faces of the pack. And, you know, teams are – with with USC and UCLA leaving, there's, there's no real there, – there's no other, like, true contender, like natural contender in that conference. So recruits are just going to heavily come towards Washington and Oregon if they stay in that conference because they'll probably just run it. I mean, I mean they'll turn into a – You know, ten win program most seasons, and um, so I think you go recruit. You know, San Diego State is I think is an easy fill in. Like their football program is getting a lot better. They got a brand new stadium. Their basketball team obviously makes a huge run. They can compete at the Pac twelve level. Uh, They got a pretty good baseball team as well. I I don't know Um, the they aren't a full story for
0: soccer as well. So are they? They are. Yeah. Okay. Um, You bring in maybe like a Boise State as well to fill in that gap. I, I don't
1: even know if you need to fill both spots. I think you can just keep it at 11 teams and mm-hmm. just take San just Diego of, State for a season. divisions as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah you just uh, go one big, going, yeah. yeah, one big up down. And um, yeah, I, th- I think it would actually bode really well for Washington and Oregon. And then, you know, San Diego State can take a little bit about uh, of that Southern California market. Um, but I don't think there's any reason to go elsewhere. Just just be the new face of the conference. UCLA and USC have been that for so many years, and Washington has been, and Oregon, especially Oregon, has been waiting for that moment where they can be like, oh, yeah, this is our conference. Right.
0: They've never been able to do that with USC and UCLA. Also Even when the Oregon was good in the early 2010s, it was still USC was yeah. getting most of the press. Absolutely, UCLA was getting a lot of the press. Absolutely, yeah. So I, I think you,
1: I think you stay. I think I, I money money deal, TV deal pending, but that's a whole. Right. I that's so complicated.
0: I think you know if we were to go down that route where they are the face of the pack. You know, Pack Eleven, whatever they want to call it, the Pack, UW um, and Oregon in specific, but kind of the other schools as well in the middle, like Utah, um, like Colorado as well, have to do a much better job of scheduling out of conference games. Definitely, definitely, because that that is UW's detriment right now. Where even was, even you know, if they're all away games, exactly. I, like for UW outside of the that Michigan series, I can't remember like a big. Out of conference. like It was supposed to be award. Ohio State coming. It was supposed to be. And then supposed to be. Now no more Ohio State. Yeah. And I, I, If they want to be recognized on a national level, which UW and Oregon, where we are in the country, not known for football, already are at a disadvantage, we really need to be winning big-time games against teams like Michigan, Ohio State. You know, not lose forty nine to three to, to Georgia. Yeah, in, in the case of Oregon, yep. early in the season.
1: Yep, you're never going to beat the best if you don't play them.
0: Exactly. Yeah,
1: I think you're right. I think that's a huge. That's going to be uh, a huge. Because, because
0: like a team like Ohio State and Michigan can get away with having one of the worst. Like Michigan had like the worst out of conference schedule last year. I think yep. they were ranked, old Dominion. Like, yeah, like a, I think I think they were combined ranked like a hundred and twelfth. Atrocious. uh, Yeah, for their out-of-conference schedule. But they have the benefit of the doubt because they are Michigan and they do end up playing Penn State and Ohio State. And that's something that UW needs to cement itself as is kind of what Michigan and Ohio State did. Just whoever beats each other makes the playoffs. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. I think that's what's going to be the case with Washington and Oregon in a few years. I think. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, anyway, Uh, Pac-12,
0: work to do. Sure. sure. <laughs> TV deal, deal pending like you said and yeah. that could you know totally go by the wayside if we don't get our stuff together.
1: All right. We appreciate you tuning in uh light the damn beam. That's Ryan I'm you. We'll see you next time.
0: That's how you feel. The guys be like asking all the questions. Asking all the questions while you asking all questions
1: make a statement.